Welcome to Madison Voices. Theater is a reflection of society and the times in which we live. We give voice to the artist's perspective on art, theater, family, and life. We want to take this time to celebrate the talent, passion, and stories of those who are part of the Madison Theater family. Thank you for joining us. I'm host Angelo Fraboni, Artistic Director of the Madison Theater Malloy College. Last week's episode, I had Broadway veteran David Hibbert visiting. This week, my guests are two upcoming stars of the stage from our Malloy CAP 21 Performing Arts graduating senior class. They both have had an exciting and adventurous senior year at Malloy. I felt it was appropriate to invite them to speak about their love of theater, the friendships they've made, the anticipation of starting their professional careers, and a curveball that has been thrown to them this spring. James Silverstein and Kelsey McFall, thank you for speaking with me and welcome. Hi, thanks for having us, Angelo. Of course. <laughs> I want to start by saying you both wrote wonderfully insightful letters to your classmates. This year has been a whirlwind for both of you and your friends, to say the least, especially with the interruption of the spring semester due to the COVID-19. But before we get into all that, I want to ask you to talk about how you came to Malloy, you know, in the first place. You apply for a theater arts program, you audition. I mean, how was that process for you? Let's start with you, Kelsey. Um, okay, so I found CAP 21 through my mother, actually. I was looking through a bunch of um, schools to apply for, and it was never really a question. I always knew I was going to do theater since I was eight. So it was like just the, the like where. Um, so yeah, I found CAP 21 through online through my mother and uh, I started looking into it and it it just felt right like something about the conservatory and the college or yeah the conservatory and the college like kind of meshing was like that's exactly what I wanted that's what I had only hoped that I could find and so I knew that it was really special and then I came up and I had a an interview with Ricky Oliver and after talking with him I was just like this this is the place this has got to be the place um and so I was this was always my number one and I was actually on a plane um going to LA uh to do unifieds there when I got my acceptance packet and I got that when I got off the plane so I was like I'm going to go do my scheduled appointments and then I'm going to chillax on Sunday <laughs> because <laughs> I got into my number one school and uh, I don't think it was ever really a question that I was going to come here. So That's great. Where, where are you coming from? Where are you speaking to me from? Oh, well, right now I am in Ridgewood, Queens oh. um, in my apartment, but uh, I'm originally from a very small town in Texas called White Oak. White Oak. White must, oak. Oh, white oak. <laughs> yes. So, so it must have been exciting, and the pressure was off when you got that uh, packet. It really was. I I was planning on doing a ton of walk-ins that Sunday of Unifieds, and I was literally like, I'm no, I'm gonna go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what about you, James? How was your experience? Oh, so I feel like I had quite the opposite experience from Kelsey in finding this school. Because um, I had quite a whirlwind of a senior year not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. You know, I've always done theater, but um, when it came down to it, I was like, I don't know, I guess I'll go to college for like forensics or math or something. And wow. it was actually my parents who were like, no, like, 
you should go for theater, which is like usually the opposite. <laughs> <response>. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Usually parents are like, no, I don't want you to pursue that. But my parents were like, no, like you should like, and if you don't, we'll be upset. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I guess I will. Um, but then in September, I started doing my research and I was going to do this like online audition prep for a college program. And I was told by the program that I was kind of like late in the game with auditioning, um, even though I think I still could have pulled it off. But it kind of freaked me out. And hearing that I might have been late in my prep, I was like, I don't want to do this with my life anymore. So actually, the majority of my senior year, I was like, I don't want to go for musical theater. And I applied for all the schools I applied for. I applied for a BA in theater arts which isn't like the same definition of like our theater arts program it was like literally studying like the history of theater and Shakespeare um no acting involved no singing involved no dancing involved whatsoever I had no idea like what I wanted to do with that BA I just was like I'm still gonna go to school for theater relatively um and then it was like April of my senior year and I was visiting schools and I just like realized when I was there that this is not how I wanted to spend my next four years of my life. Um, and I panicked and decided, forget it, I'm just going to take a gap year and I'm not going to do anything and I'm going to apply next year the right way. But then I was close actually with one of the first year's graduating seniors, Mikey Marmon, and he told me a little bit about the program. And I went from like wanting to take a gap year and doing the process right to falling immediately in love with cap because it was like a gift from the heavens above it was perfect it was everything i wanted in a program um i still like wasn't ready to move out of my house yet too and because i'm from long island it was like the best of both worlds having to spend some time on the island but also having the chance to get away two or three days a week to the city and I knew eventually I could move out too, because I also live in Ridgewood, Queens in an apartment. And that's what I ended up doing. So yeah, I got the best of both worlds. I spend some time on the island, I get to come home whenever I want. But now I finally have my own apartment and I spend my time out there. But yeah, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, tell, tell us, tell our listeners about that commute. I mean, you do spend, I think the freshman years, you guys spent two days a week in the city and the rest of them at Malloy, and then the following years, it's three and two, right? How was that on you guys? Um, it, it, was, it was an experience, to say the least, um, especially when we lived on the, dorm, on the dorms, at the dorms. Um, it was, we had to wake up at like 7 a.m. for a 10 a.m. class just so that we could get on the shuttles, and the shuttles were a whole other thing in their own capacity um and then take the LIRR into the city um it was I don't know I feel like it was although like irritating at sometimes it was like a fun experience that we all got to do it's kind of how we got to really know like you know how New York worked as far as transit and everything because we had to take the LIRR in and then we had to take a subway to cap um, in our first year, we would take one subway to 18th Street. And then when we moved to the financial district, we had to figure out a whole nother subway system. And it was it was a nice introduction to to figuring out the the MTA and all of that nonsense that New York has. <laughs> yeah, James, you're a little more used to it from being from New York, the transit yeah. system. I had a little bit of a different experience because freshman year I commuted. So uh, 
the kids who lived at Malloy, when they had classes at Malloy, would just wake up and walk to class. But, you know, I had to drive and I had to deal with that traffic, too, which was... You drove all the way into the city? No, 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 no. To Malloy from home when I lived at home. I had to drive from my house to Malloy. But then also when I had to take the LIRR, I didn't have the shuttles to take me to the train station. So my parents would have to wake up in the morning and they would have to drive me to the train station. And that extra hassle of driving and having to inconvenience my parents is why I moved on campus <laughs> sophomore year. And that's when I I lived down the hall from Kelsey and uh, I commuted with everybody. We took the shuttles together. And Kelsey's right. Like I will always miss commuting with everybody. And, you know, it, it made the long hours and rush hour a lot more easier when you had all your friends by your side. But the one thing I will say is it was so expensive. We had to spend so much money on transit every month. And that's the nice thing about now living in Queens is we only have to take the subway. It's so nice having to not worry about that extra expense because it was a lot of money out of our pockets. I knew coming in, I had, I guess like there were no crazy unexpected surprises because I had only thought of like the craziest of crazy things that could happen at a conservatory acting program um, because I had never really taken any real theater classes before I came. So I was like expecting it to be like the TV shows where everyone's like <laughs> doing movement and, and acting like frogs and stuff like that in class so I was I had very high expectation of like what could go on in classes um I think the biggest surprise overall about the conservatory like all throughout the four years is how much the faculty cares and how much like they're willing to to do and put in to see you succeed I I guess I'd never really expected them to like be by our sides like 24 seven and making sure that we're doing okay. And, but they, it, it was an absolutely wonderful surprise uh, to, to see how much they devoted to us and to, to our growth as performers and people as well. Yeah. I, I think that the craziest thing about freshman year for me was there are so many ticks and little bad habits about yourself that you don't even realize you have until you step foot into a classroom. I mean, I too was like Kelsey, you know, you see the TV shows and you're like, oh, we're going to sing and act all day. But (laughs) no, you get into the classroom and they do it from a very loving place. And of course, it's only to help you in the long run, but you kind of got to like learn what you do wrong before you work on what you can do right. Um, I'll never forget my first acting scene, my first pass up. I was working on not doing like 12 different things at once. He was like, stop moving your head. You know, your shoulders are really tense. Relax your shoulders, you know, relax your fingers. And I was like, what? I didn't even realize that I do these things. So you just start, have a more awareness about yourself in a way that like you never have experienced before. Even in our vocal classes, um, they break it down. You don't act and sing at the same time freshman year. They just break it down to just singing. And we have a class called Vocal Tech, 
vocal technique where we just stand in neutral position, no acting, no expression on the face, and we just have to sing. That way they can work on the sounds we're making and our vocal technique and they add on the acting later in the program. But, you know, even doing that, standing there and having to stand up tall and breathe a certain way and align yourself a certain way when you're making sounds, it just like brought an awareness to my body and my voice in a way I never imagined before college. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most of the freshmen always say they're so disappointed they can't perform. But when you look at how they're stripping you down, you know, yeah. it's almost impossible because you actually forget how to perform <laughs> until yeah. they build yes. you back. <laughs> right. And I think that it's, it's kind of, while like it's upsetting, it's, it's kind of important that we don't perform that freshman year because we are being stripped of all of our bad habits. And if, you know, we, we uh, perform in the midst of that, we could go back to them and like not really know how to apply the changes that we're making in class to the stage while we're in rehearsals and, and everything like that. So I think that it's really important that we kind of stay secluded to the conservatory as far as um, any type of performing goes that yeah. freshman year. And the first, your first performance opportunity, your sophomore year was... What, what, what was the studio performance? Story Theater Project. Story Theater Project, yeah. right. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that experience, James. Um, so the Story Theater Project, that's always, I feel like, the hardest project to explain. Um, but from my understanding, it was a way to take all... Uh, there were like 40-something of us at the time. We had a lot of people drop out for yeah. financial reasons or like career uh changes our freshman year but I think by sophomore year there were like maybe 38 like 38 yeah 38 to 40 of us so it was a way to incorporate all 38 of us um, as an ensemble and a way to work as an ensemble through our voice and speech technique because we took a lot of voice and speech freshman year which is a whole other thing uh they worked on the way we speak as people and the way we articulate and um speak in neutral american as we learned um and the way we project our voices on the stage was a big part of the story theater project and it was great to work with everybody um as a team for the first time and as an ensemble but i feel like my first performance experience after stripping us down freshman year, it was almost hard because you kind of felt little urges to, you know, go back to those ticks and those bad habits that you worked so hard at getting rid of. Like they would start to creep in. And then I found myself at times like almost making no acting choices at all because I didn't want the bad habits and the ticks to come back. Um, and I wanted to stay true to my training. So it, that transition's a little awkward. You got to kind of figure out the balance between the two, between, you know, honoring everything they teach you at CAP and getting rid of your bad habits, but still making strong choices on the stage. And it's a gr it's a great bonding experience for for the company. You, you guys talked in your letters about um, the letters to your your cast members about the bonding and the the development of those that those close bonds and the trust between each groups. You know, talk a little bit about that and how that experience has, you know, shaped your performances. Absolutely. I think I wrote this, but you can't go through a program like this without building um, an enormous amount of trust with your classmates because you have to step up in front of them and be 
completely vulnerable and willing to to take on the life of the character that you're portraying or the the story in the song, the really personal story in the song that you've created for yourself. And you have to be willing to, to express that not, not only in performance, but like you have to kind of to talk about it too, so that it's a learning experience. And that can be really, really scary to, to just kind of divulge all of your inner feelings and your, your life secrets to everyone. So it's, you, you, you kind of have to bond with your classmates. And I think that that's something that our class did really well um, is we, we all kind of became a family. We, we fought, we, we loved each other, but like in, in the end, it's, it's something that I'll look back and, and never forget like how much I trusted these people with my art and like letting or giving me the ability to grow as a performer. Um, I don't think I could have done it if it had not been for those 32 people that we now have sitting in the classroom and being supportive and sharing their love. I agree a hundred percent. Family is an understatement. I'd say, I mean, you have to remember we spend most of our time at cap and cap isn't like a full campus or university. It is one floor in a building of Manhattan. So uh, we can't really get away from each other. You know, everywhere you turn, we see each other. So like, I mean, we, we kind of have to like each other, but it's a good thing we do. We all love each other so much. But, you know, I'd say freshman year, it was kind of insane because I feel like I didn't know everybody well enough, even though we were all on one floor, because, you know, everybody split up into different sections in class. And it wasn't until that first project, sophomore year, the story theater project, where we were all put together and started to get to know each other very well. But within the walls of the classroom, like what happens in the classroom stays in the classroom. But we did some acting exercises where we had to open ourselves up and be vulnerable in unimaginable ways and kind of like, you know, share some of our darkest demons and, you know, even the best qualities about ourselves. So I feel like at this point we know each other like the back of our hands. But I think that's what built the bonds. If we didn't open up and share that stuff with with each other, things people in the world didn't even know about us before i feel like we wouldn't have had that close of a connection yeah and then the and then during your uh the junior year that's when your performances really start opening up you have a few two two or three studio performances mm-hmm. yeah yeah we the junior year is the song and dance project and the pop rock project right uh with those two <laughs> projects i think uh, junior year, I'd say, is the year where your hours become a lot longer. And because wait, at, yeah. before you go on, because yeah. not only you're doing all the studio stuff, you're actually taking academics uh, <laughs> through the Malloy, yep. Malloy campus, right? And yep. it's a lot of academics, so it's your yeah. time is, is precious. Yes, and, and you actually have joined me for some of my performances, and you've been rehearsing with me. Oh, so yeah. we really stretch too. So go yeah. on. Talk about balancing the academics in your junior year and and all that. Well, yeah. So academics are always a thing from freshman year uh, to like middle senior year. I feel like most of us got it done by the last semester. But yeah, you know, you're at Malloy on the days you're not at CAP and you're taking, you know, all your gen ed credits that you need to graduate, your math, your science. Um, So on top of junior year, when we switched to having really long days at CAP, we would spend 
I think we had 12 hour days at CAP starting junior, junior. year. Yeah, like we would be in at 10 a.m., sometimes even earlier if we had a scene to rehearse. But classes started at 10 a.m. And you went classes to like six or seven o'clock. You had lunch and dinner breaks in between, of course, and then rehearsals at the studios at CAP for these projects from seven o'clock to 10 o'clock at night. And then, you know, you'd have to go back to your apartment and you'd have classes at Malloy the next day. I mean, I had a class, I think, at 10 a.m. on campus the next day. So I would have to go home after a rehearsal that just ended at 10 p.m., quickly do, you know, my philosophy homework. And then I'd have to wake up the next morning and drive all the way out to Malloy to hand in my essay on time. But I think eventually <laughs> we got the hint to sign up for online classes to make our lives a little easier. <laughs> you want to piggyback off that, Kelsey? Oh, yeah. I'll just talk about how the midterm week of junior year, the first semester, was will go down in history as one of the most <laughs> stressful weeks of my entire life. Oh, yeah. um, so uh, we were in a class called CORE, and we had this really big project um, to get done. And of course, this all happened in one week. Um, it was the same week as our tech week for song and, the song and dance project. Um, and I also was in another class. Uh, I was in a writing class, and we had a the biggest project of the semester due that week as well. And I just remember I was sitting um, in the living room of my apartment trying to do my writing project. And then on another tab, I had my core project trying to write that out. And then on another tab, I had the the YouTube channel of our song and dance um uh, all of our dances, trying to like go through those and remember those. And it was just like, it was like 2 a.m. And I was like, <laughs> I was singing magic to do in the song and dance project. And I was like, I really certainly hope there will be magic to do tomorrow <laughs> because I am not sleeping tonight. <laughs> um, but Was that yeah, the best ahead, Christmas break ever? Well, I was just oh. going to me and Kelsey could also vouch for each other because we were roommates that year too. So we mm -hmm. can attest to each other going through it. <laughs> yeah. Were you guys yeah. in the same song and dance? Now I know they sometimes they have two different studios doing different song and dance. Were you guys in the same studio at that point? We were actually in different ones. I was in um, Ashley Eckbauer Newman's and uh, James was in Lori Leshner's. Mm -hmm. Ah, very nice. Talk about your professors in, in, in these projects and stuff. I mean, they really guide you guys through this and really work you guys hard. I've seen these projects and you guys are fantastic in them. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. James, you want yeah. to take this one? Yeah. Uh, sorry, you did cut out a little because of my internet, but the question was basically um, our teachers and how they guide us through these projects and coach us. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I could think of specifics, but I think all across the board for every single project, um, there it's not, these projects aren't like other shows. Like I don't even look at whoever the director is of these projects as a director, because it's still that like interpersonal relationship, like teacher student relationship. Um, you know, they know who we are for the most part. So, uh, you know, we don't have to start the process with getting to know each other. I mean, there have been certain occasions where we did have somebody new, but you know, for song and dance, for instance, I had Lori and she was my, dance teacher freshman year for jazz for two semesters in a row. And now here I am two years later doing a project with her. So, you know, she already saw our skills and she saw how we were developing over the two years and she kind of went off that. But, you know, she worked us hard, but she was always there for us. 
for whatever we needed. Um, and it ended up turning out great. I think I grew as a dan- dancer so much because of her as a teacher, but especially during that project because she pushed us beyond our limits and we ended up better off because of it. It's mm-hmm. great. That's great. Do you want to add anything to Kelsey? Kelsey? Sure. Um, I think that that one thing that CAP does really well is uh, the collaboration part of theater. I mean, the C in CAP stands for collaborative. Um, and that's really something that uh, we saw through all of the the projects was how much that we were we were able to work with our teachers and the directors and collaborate with them to create what ultimately was the end result. Um, and I think that's what James means by uh, how, how we don't really look at them as uh, like a, we would like a normal director because our voices were, were so heavily influenced in the projects. Um, yeah. this I'll talk about song and dance as well, because it's the one that I really feel like I tipped over as a performer. Um, I worked with Ashley and I had her in uh, jazz. What's, What's Ashley's last name? Oh, Ashley Eckbauer Newman. Okay. Um, and I had her in jazz uh, sophomore year, and then I got to work with her junior year. So she, we had just kind of like come off of a uh, a teacher student relationship when I worked with her, and just like watching the way that she worked with me and the way she worked with the other students was like she she just knew like all of the potential that we had. And so she put us in um, these numbers that were going to push us. She knew like what everyone needed and how everyone would shine at the same time. And so it was just like, it was a really cool experience to to see everyone, not only myself, grow as performers and as, as dancers in the, the song and dance project. But <laughs> yeah, I think like, and having that, that sort of trust for your uh, creative team is just something that goes a long way. I, I, I always talk about the Sight and Dance Project because it's one that just really uh, stuck with me as far as um, experience goes in this this program. It, it was it was by, by far my favorite uh, project experience. Yeah, and yep. Kelsey, you said something about, um, you know, our voices are always heard and we always had a say. And I wanna, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but that same year we had the Pop Rock Project um, where we, you know, it used to be something else, but our year they changed it to where we put up a new musical uh, by like a new musical theater. Musical. (laughs) Musical. Yeah. So uh, they split us up in two as they always do. And we each got to put up a new musical for the first time. And I worked with Rob Rikiki, uh, who also wrote uh, Percy Jackson, Lightning Thief, that just closed on Broadway. Um, And we did a new musical with him called Experience Marianas. And you know, just speaking to that, how we had a say, uh, especially with a new musical that was being put up for the first time, there are no rules, you know, we're the first people doing it. So especially then, you know, he was always seeking us to kind of express our opinions on how things should be staged or even sound musically. Um, One of our classmates, Arturo Hernandez, I remember during a rehearsal process, you know, he raised his hand as we were kind of just improving vocally and he was like oh what if we did this and rob was like i like that and he kept it and i think it's still in that music today that little part that arturo helped out with so that just like goes to show how much they 
they want us to use our voices and they respect our voices and you know they take what we have to say into consideration and it goes a long way and it's a great collaboration i love uh, workshops and new musicals for that reason is the original company or the original members have so much input in in the creation of it because that's what you rely on as a director myself i rely on my cast I relied on you guys when you came into my shows to add your own inputs and to be able to, you know, uh, I trusted you to create your your roles and your and your um, your your track or your arc of the story, which was always a relief for a director because if you have to spoon feed everyone, oh, forget it. You know what I mean? That's a great experience. But at the end of the season, at the end of your junior year, you have big auditions, and what do you have those auditions for? Our, our main stage musicals. Your main stage, and you're getting ready for your senior year. Now, what was that like? I mean, prepping for your senior year must have been very, very exciting. <laughs> Go ahead, James. So, main stage was so surreal. I For our listeners, tell us what main stage is. So, basically, you've been hearing us talk so much about these projects, and the listeners who don't know Cap 21 are probably like, so like a show? Like, yes, I know. <laughs> we're not, we're unique from other schools in that we don't just put up a production of a musical every semester. You know, we do, I guess they're kind of original works in the sense that every project we work on a specific skill that's taught to us in the classroom and we apply it through a project to kind of expand on that skill. So like song and dance, for instance, you know, in musical theater, you need to learn how to sing and dance at the same time. So we have a whole project dedicated to it. Where we, <laughs> it's like a cabaret-like show. And we all get, you know, solos, duets, group numbers, full ensemble numbers, where we get songs. They're kind of like chosen randomly or songs that are like, will best fit. Uh, the objectives of that project and we perform them and by the end we know how to sing and dance at the same time uh, but <laughs> main stage is our one opportunity senior year to do a full production of a musical other than the pop rock project um, and so our two shows were spring awakening and um, you're in town so they're always splitting us up in two and it's always something main stage that we've talked about since freshman year and we were so excited about and when those musicals were announced, we were all over the wall excited, but auditioning was so nerve wracking and surreal because it was just something we talked about for so long. And at that moment we were like, it's here. Like, wow, you know, this is real. We're nearing the end. So I, Kelsey, I don't know if you want to piggyback off of that. Yeah. I mean, basically everything that you said is how I was feeling. It, it, it made the, the end of our, our college career seem very close and very real. Um, and I, I know that like, we were all like, how did we get here? How are we auditioning for main stage right now? Like, it feels like these past three years just kind of flew by. Um, even though we all talk about how it feels like we've been here for, for years on years on years, but it, you look back at it and you're like, wow, that went really fast. Yeah, it does. And so senior year starts, what are you doing during the summer? The summer before senior year, you're not just sitting around getting ready, right? What are you guys, what are you guys doing? Um, well, actually, that year, during the summers, you know, some years I went home and I just kind of took a chill pill from theater and made some money or it took some time to relax. But, you know, later in your career, 
uh, in college, they'll kind of encourage you to audition for summer stock. And so I auditioned for summer stock through Straw Hats in March of 2019. And I had done Straw Hats the year before and unfortunately didn't get any work. But um, I auditioned for Straw Hats that year and the summer before senior year, I actually booked my first summer stock professional gig. You actually booked two, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. You booked oh. one that you turned down because you wanted to do a show, and then you you chose that the other. That's true. I well, I technically got three, and not to keep blaring on top, but <laughs> <laughs> I got three offers, and I ended up going with and signing a contract for the Woodstock Playhouse up in Woodstock, New York, um, and I did a season consisting of Mamma Mia, Newsies, and Hair, and it was the time of my life. I mean, I got provided housing and meals while spending the summer in upstate New York, and it was so beautiful. Oh my God, it was so nice. I mean, I'm from New York, but it just felt like a completely different world up there. And, you know, getting paid for the first time for something I've been trained to do was amazing. Um, but as amazing as that was on top of it all, I had to prepare for our senior year. There was, there's always work to do in the breaks. It's never a full break. You have summer, winter, spring homework. So while I was at Woodstock, you know, I'm preparing my lines for spring awakening because we had already been cast and I was, I knew that, when I was coming back in the fall, I was going to be Mort's and Spring Awakening. So, you know, while I'm rehearsing for my shows up in Woodstock, I'm looking over my script and my lines for Spring Awakening and learning that material. And I'm preparing for our audition classes, getting my book in order, knowing what I'm going to sing for those mock auditions that we have coming up. Reading, I'm sure we had a play to read. I can't remember what the specifics were or a dance essay to write. But I remember being in my room at night, um, my roommate was asleep and I'm sitting there with a little lamp doing my homework for the fall <laughs> in the middle of July. So yeah, there's always work to do. Kelsey, I'm sure you have more to say about that too. Yeah. Uh, the summer before my senior year was a little bit different. I had decided to, to kind of take this as like my last summer of like living before I, you know, go out and, <laughs> and try to tackle this crazy business. So, and I actually, I stayed in New York because I wanted to, to, I still wanted to, to train, um, while I was here and there's not much opportunity for me to do that in Texas. So I stayed in New York. I took a bunch of dance classes. I would go up to cap every once in a while and, and work through things on my book. And I think just like preparing for senior year was more of like, preparing to like finally realize and know who I am as a person and as a performer, because a lot of senior year is about, well, how do you need to showcase yourself out in the world? What, what could best serve you? What's in your book that is best going to serve you um, when you go to an audition and they're just like, sing something that shows you or, or you go to another audition and they're like, sing something for this character specifically, you have to know how to bring in yourself into that character. And so I think this past summer was just like a lot of me doing some deep searching and finding, <laughs> finding who out who who I really was and how I wanted to be present in the in the theater community. Um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of work and a, on a whole other different level. Um, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't I don't ever really look at at the work that we're given as busy work, it's all um, it's all to to help 
um, us along in the the path of our theatrical journeys. <laughs> They're all built, all building blocks to your career. Yeah, and and then bam, senior year starts. James, you're you're right into rehearsal with Spring Awakening. Kelsey, you started rehearsals. You did give our regards to Broadway at the Madison Theater with us. So, I mean, ta- first of all, Spring Awakening and Urinetown. Kelsey was in Urinetown. We'll talk about that in a little bit. They're like Broadway quality. You guys were fantastic. Broadway. That's what I say. I mean, I'm telling it was the, the designs and the, and the sets and the performances were fantastic. And I really um, talk a little bit about Spring Awakening for you. Yeah. So, well, let me reiterate that it never stops because I came straight home from Woodstock. I think I had like a week and a half home on the island. And then I was like, cool, school starts next week. And I also had to move into a new apartment during that journey. So it just, I didn't catch a break. And the first day of school, we started rehearsals for Spring Awakening and it went till 10 o'clock at night. Um, But let me tell you, I still am astounded by how much production value uh, the administration and faculty at Cap 21 makes sure goes into our productions. Like, I just came back from Woodstock and I was like, you know, I just did my first professional production, so it'll be exciting to like do another one. But I, Spring Awakening topped everything I have done in my life because the production value was insane. I will never forget how I felt walking on stage the first day of Tech Week and being on stage with the set and the lighting design. And like, I, you know, the stage managers were like coming up to me and asking me what I needed. Like, I was like, who am I? Like, I, nobody's <laughs> like hearing me this much. And like, I truly felt like I was on a Broadway stage because this was like my first full production of a show other than Woodstock that I had done within the program. You know, this was no longer just a project. This was like a full out production. You know, we had costume designers, makeup designers, everything. And it was just insane to see how to the T and perfect every, every part of the production was like, it was, it was insane. I, I loved every second of it. That's, and and you should because it was a fantastic performance and it was a fantastic production. Um, Kelsey, while they're doing that production, you guys are are preparing for other things. You did perform for me uh, in our our concert of Give Our Regards, which is fantastic. But what do you do during these times? What you know? <laughs> Sleep. Because you're, you're getting ready, right? You're getting ready, right? Yeah, we were. Um, in that time, we were taking our, our classes, our audition classes, um, and then we were preparing to go into our creative ensemble project. So it's crazy. This creative ensemble project, we we write uh, an entire musical from scratch. We write stage and perform it within the span of six weeks. And it, um, so we during Spring Awakening, those of us who are were in Urinetown, we were all kind of pre- preparing for that, um, trying to figure out like, what is the topic going to be? Like, how are we going to do this? Like, how are we going to write our own music? Like it was, it was all like in the works and everything. And then we got to it and we were like, we're here, we're doing it. Like this is happening. It's, I think it's one of the projects that like, it's, it's actually the first project. I think we all saw our freshman year um, when the juniors uh, at that time did it. Um, And 
ever since we saw that performance, we were all kind of like, oh my gosh, like we <laughs> have to do that. How are we going to do that? How are we going to write our own musical? <laughs> and so like the first day, I think all of us like had a lot of like um, anxious energy um, about it, like how it was going to go. But it was, it was a really cool process. Um, we, we started from scratch or I was in a different group from James again. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, we started the process and we, we started by sitting in a circle and just kind of talking about, um, like, first of all, we like ideas and then, and then we just started talking about life and like, um, things that scare us, things that make us happy, like what we're passionate about. And, and our topic kind of ultimately came out of that. Um, and then for the next couple of weeks, we did a lot of, um, interpretive, uh, viewpoint type exercises and kind of finding like how we work together as an ensemble, because ultimately that's a, a big point of the, the project as well as the ensemble work of it all and how we collaborate together. And so we did a lot of those exercises. And then one day they were like, all right, it's happening. We're, we're going to write songs now. And so that was a really fun journey. Just like seeing how everyone's like individual uh, personality and their individual strengths kind of informed what they what they did in the project um I <laughs> so our project was was kind of about um uh climate change and how it's affecting our our world and everything like that and so uh me and Natasha Brown who is one of my classmates we did a Fosse number that was very um I can't do it alone uh cell block tango-esque Chicago-y um called Fosse Fuels and um <laughs> we sang oh, as as the the two deadly gases of the universe I played methane and uh, Natasha played carbon and but that was it was just that's just an example like how we kind of combined our strengths as performers and we we created um a song and we created a, a piece that kind of really meshed with that. Mm -hmm. And I saw that in a lot of my other classmates as well. And then right after that production, you went home for Christmas break and you started right into rehearsals for Urinetown, correct? Urinetown, yes. Can you, can, t can you talk a little bit about that? About Urinetown? Of course. Yeah. Urinetown <laughs> was, <laughs> was such a good experience for me. Um, I was, ensemble so and I compare being in the ensemble of Urinetown to running a marathon um there we're, we were in everything it was it was a, a big not like super technically hard dance show like a chorus line or something like that but it was it was a heavy like there was a lot of a lot of dancing that happened in it and a lot of back to back right oh my gosh that opening That's of act two what is Urinetown <laughs> into snuff the girl into run freedom run was the most cardio intense performance I have ever been a part of. <laughs> but uh, along with that, it was it was just such a, a cool experience to to get to do that with all my classmates. And we were directed by the marvelous, wonderful Parker Essie, um, who came in and was such a light in the rehearsal process. Um, he came in and he, he was like, "I'm we're treat I'm going to treat this experience like it's a." It's it's going to be, we're going to be positive. Um, hold on, hold on, hold I on. Don't, hold on one second. Holding on. I want to hear what Parker said, but you just broke up again. In five, four, three, two, 
What did Parker say? Parker, he came in and he was like, we're going to take this opportunity to work and learn under like a positive, um, in a positive environment because you can, you can have those directors who are, who are hard on you 24 seven and are like, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. But what's, what's the, what's the use when you can get it done with positivity and, and, it was it was one of the the best um, experiences I've had working with a director. He was he came in every day and was just had so much energy. He energized us when we were like slugging around, <laughs> saying like <laughs> well, it's ten a.m. and and we just had a, a twelve hour day. And he was like, okay, we're gonna dance now. And we're like, okay, oh. we're gonna do it. <laughs> it was, and yeah, it was just such a such a cool experience to have a. Uh, such a well-known professional come in and, and treat us like professionals and and work with us in that way. And I think that's an important part about your whole program is the professionals you get to work with, people yeah. that are brought in to do workshops with you and different shows and stuff like that. It helps networking you get uh, for you know when you leave the college. Yeah, so your sure. town closes. It closes. <laughs> yes. And then, Luckily. Yeah. It closed. We did it. We performed. Right. And within 24, 48 hours, we get the news that the college is, I mean, we're just about to go on spring break, but the college is going to be closed. And I want to just read something that you wrote because we, you haven't seen many of your classmates since then, correct? Nope. Okay. Not in person. Yeah. So, Kelsey, you, you, in, in, I'm just going to paraphrase a little bit, but you said you were heartbroken. My heartbroken, I'm heartbroken because our last two and a half months of collaborating together were stripped away from us, just like that. No goodbyes, just gone. These 32 minds are absolutely brilliant, and I wouldn't have wanted to spend these. La- I'm getting choked up. Last four years with any other group of people by my side. We have become a family. Dysfunctional, yes. But when it comes down to it, I love each and every one of them. Can you talk a little bit? Yeah. that uh, I cried a lot when I was writing this post. Um, it was really hard for me. And this was actually, this was after we had gotten the news. We were on spring break at this point because we weren't supposed to, we were supposed, Malloy was supposed to reopen the week after spring break. Um was going to be the extent of it. And then we got the news that we were going to close indefinitely. And, uh, we, we didn't treat our last day as if it was going to be our last together. And I think that is something that that's what made it even harder is that we, none of, a lot of us didn't say goodbye to each other. We were said, we'll see you in two weeks. Um, and, yeah, writing that post, I struggled a lot. I'm, I'm, I still cry up to this day, like about it. It's just like we've been through so much together, and uh, just like again, building that trust and building the bonds with these people, and then not really having anything to like show for it. I guess is what it kind of feels like. It, it feels like we're not. The, the last two and a half months were so important for us to like work together as classmates without like having the stress of a project or like um, other really other types of classes in the way it was it was just all about like watching everyone's work and working with each other and and I think that that is a really important part of this program 
and to kind of have it taken away was heartbreaking. That's the only word I can think of to, to kind of sum it up. And James, you said, I wanted to preface by saying that my intentions are not to act like me or my classmates have, have it worse than anyone else right now, because we don't. I know that there's hundreds of musical theater seniors in colleges and perhaps even seniors at performing arts high schools and other arts-related programs are similarly going through. And no matter what we're going through, what we're going through, someone else has it worse. So, I mean, both of you had, even though your hearts were broken and you're talking about losing this last two months, you guys were very positive and very, um, you know, inspirational knowing that, you know, what you're going through, there's someone out there that has it worse. So James, talk about your feelings and, and this post of yours, which was fantastic. Oh, uh, I'm like getting emotional as we talk about it. It's like still really hard to deal with. Um, okay. So let me just like backbridge just a tiny bit. Um, while they were in rehearsal for Urine Town, the cast of Spring Awakening, we had like I don't know, a culture shock within the program because we didn't really have much to do. I mean, we still had class, but like senior, the last semester, uh, you know, you kind of know going into it, if you're not in that main stage, that you're going to have a lot of downtime. And this is like the transition into the industry. Like you can start going to auditions. You can start like preparing for your career. And like, that's what I did. I started finally going to auditions, which I never had the time to do um, any semester before that. And literally the day we found out I had just come from an audition from a national tour And I was so excited, me and the Spring Awakening people, that we finally had something to rehearse for again, because we hadn't had anything since last semester. And, you know, we were going to have showcase rehearsals and we were going to have master classes. You know, our program was going to bring in every Tuesday and Thursday a guest, a casting director or an agent from the industry to work with us one on one. Um, And we found out right before our very first master class that we weren't weren't going to have any for the next two weeks. And we were like, okay, we can deal with two weeks. But the shock of finding out that everything was going to be moved to online and knowing we were going to miss out on all these in-person opportunities with all these casting directors who are like taking times out of their lives to come and be with us. Like they see people all day and they were still going to take the last three hours of their day from 7 to 10 p.m. to come and be with us and miss out you know, we were told our showcase definitely wasn't going to happen the week of, um, I don't know, the day off. The May 3rd, head, May 4th. May yeah. 3rd, the first weekend of May. That, But they were still going to try their best to reschedule it. And it's still in the works. They're going to try their best to reschedule it at some point. Um, and as, as grateful as I was that, like, everything was being moved to online and we still were going to have, you know, some opportunity and that our showcase was going to happen eventually – it just hurt because we're not we're not like another program where you can just go online and, you know, do your work like we're physical. We're on our feet like we didn't know how we were going to be able to do that through a computer screen. And, you know, just knowing we worked so hard, like I, I can't tell you and explain enough like I put and I'm sure 
And I know all my classmates did the same exact amount of work. We all put our blood, sweat, and tears into this program. Like 12-hour days, six or seven days a week sometimes. Like, it's a lot. It took a toll on us. We worked so hard. And it was our life. And it just got ripped away from us. Like, we didn't have any closure. We didn't get to say goodbye to each other. And, like, I'm sure we'll see each other again. But, like, people are home all around the country right now. And you know, we, right now we don't know when everybody's going to come back and what we're going to do next. Like in a weird way, it feels like I graduated already. And, you know, we had our first day of online classes yesterday and it did go a lot better than I thought. And I feel like I still got something out of it. It just, that shock of not getting the full in-person experience senior year is still going to be a tough pill to swallow for the next Mm -hmm few months I'd even say and um yeah it it's hard <laughs> no I agree I mean where do you go from here I mean listen I, I think of like you said the NCAA March Madness tournament got canceled all those basketball senior basketball players that are trying to showcase their talent all these programs across the country whose showcases you know, have have been canceled and and put off. I mean, it is sort of like, whoa, what do we do? And I, you know, we're I trust and believe that Malloy and Cap Twenty One are going to make this happen for you in some form. You know, so but I mean, it is everybody's in limbo. You know, I was talking with David Hibbert yesterday, and he said, you know. I'm a veteran, you know, I'm used to this. He was in Mrs. Doubtfire, Doubtfire, you know, is on hiatus now. He goes, we're used to it. You know, we're, we're transient, you know, we're, we're giggers. We go in, we do a show, it closes, we go on unemployment. You know, he goes, we're sort of used to this transition all the time. So, you know, it doesn't affect us psychologically as much, but you guys are just starting out. You guys are here launching your careers, getting ready to hit, hit the ground running and everything everybody's telling you, no, 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 slow down. You got to wait three months before you can even think about doing anything. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but you're still hopeful. I mean, in your post, Kelsey, you said, you know, I still have hope, you know, and same thing in yours, James, you you talk about, you know, uh, you know, that you're going to, everyone's going to be okay. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to be not okay, but we're going to be okay and shine and be bright, even brighter than we ever thought. I mean, I, th- I think that's such a positive way of looking at your situation. So, yeah, I think through through the sadness and through the grief of like losing what we lost, it's important to stay optimistic and to keep creating in any way that you can, because right now, especially, it's so important to to stay proactive and to, to stay on top of yourself and hold yourself accountable, um, to, to keep creating in, in, in this new sense, in this new way of doing things. Um, you have to, and I, I, I have hope because we're, while we got these two and a half months kind of stripped from us, we're ready. We're ready to go out into the real world whenever it, it picks back up. And that's, all thanks to the faculty and to my fellow classmates. Like I have so much gratitude for them because we're, we're prepared when, when it's, when it's ready to come back, we're prepared. And I think that 
after all of this, while it might take a little bit of time because of, you know, rehearsal and, and, and money issues, I think that the, the, the theater community is going to come back stronger than ever mm. because I don't, I think that people don't realize how much they need art until it's taken away from them oh, um, and how much they need the, the, the theater to be there. Um, so I, I have a lot of hope for the industry and um, I think that, while we're doing it, this is, this is kind of an, a new way of, of launching our careers. I think that I, I think that we'll be okay. Yeah, I agree. And I, I do want to say, like, I mean, before I wrote that post, like, I did take my few days to process it and like let myself be angry. Like, I had yeah. to let myself be angry and upset. Like, it's human. Like, that's yeah. how we were going to react to it. But you know, take that time to grieve it and be upset. And then come back stronger than ever, like Kelsey said. And that's when I needed to make that post. And I realized, like, I have to see the light at the end of the tunnel through this. Like, I can't stay upset forever and let it defeat me. And especially, like, like I said in my post, too, everyone in the world is affected by this. Like, we need to be there for each other yeah. or else we're not going to make it. Like, we need to support each other we need to love each other we need to all honor each other's losses and be there for each other to pick each other back up and i do want to shout out somebody that commented on my post he's actually a faculty member in our program grant chapman uh, he was our voice and speech teacher freshman year and he was my acting teacher senior year um, but he wrote something along the lines of kind of what kelsey said like showcase or not we have the tools we need we know what we're doing and that really woke me up. I was like, you're so right. Like as much as showcase, I mean, again, hope we're hoping we're still going to get one, but like in the case we didn't get it, you know, it might help us launch our careers, but it's not the end all be all. We know what we're doing. And I, I was worried, like, how are we going to come, whether it be summer that this all ends or fall, like, how are we going to walk out into the real world not having that transition and nowhere to go from there. Like everybody's going to be so preoccupied, I thought, and not have room for us. But I felt, I realized it's actually the opposite. Everybody's going to be so eager to see what we have to bring to the table. And, you know, we're going to know exactly where to go. It's just all going to go out, go the way it's meant to be planned. And, you know, even with these online classes, they might not be ideal, but like, we're getting some things that we wouldn't get in person. Like, you know, I had a coaching actually like an hour before I met with you guys. And he was like, you know, a benefit to this is like, I get to watch you while you perform more than I do in the studio. Cause I'm busy playing piano and trying to multitask. Like there are some positives that we're going to get out of these online classes. And I know we're going to take as much as we can from that on top of what we already learned. And we're going to go out there and we're going to succeed. I have no doubt in my mind. We're all going to get work and we're all going to shine. I agree. I think you guys are well prepared. I, I love you both as performers and as people, more importantly, as people and as persons. Uh, you know, one thing I, the hardest thing to lose is it's your last, um, major thing that you do as a group you know that camaraderie and it might come back and, and they're gonna they're gonna figure this out and they're gonna find it out um i'm just hoping that everything curves the right way and we can get back um get everyone back in town and, and together again we do have a tentative plan i don't want to share details in no, case you don't no. happen but i do want to say like there's a tentative plan yeah. so i am confident that 
you know, this tentative plan is going to work out and soon enough we'll be able to share details about a showcase, but I'm hopeful we will get the closure and we'll get that final group performance with one another. Yeah, absolutely. And what are you guys doing to stay creative right now? Are you writing? Are you writing more songs about methane gas? (laughs) Um, Oh, no more songs about methane. Go ahead, James. (laughs) Well, I mean, this was like an assignment for school technically, but we all did just make our websites. We had to do it for our practicum class. But I actually told our teacher, like, if in all honesty, this was still... This, none of this was happening and we just like had the assignment in the middle of school. I feel like on top of like how busy I was with everything else, I would have not spent as much time on the website. Like I'm sure I still would have came out yeah. with, on top with something I was happy with. But being locked in my house, I spent four consecutive days on my website. Like I would not have had the time to do that had this not been going on. And okay, I feel well, like the website's over. Now what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, got to be creative, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's for for me it's important to to stay active and to motivate myself to get out of bed every day. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that's in itself is hard in these times especially. Um I don't know. I I do really enjoy writing. Um I've been keeping a journal throughout all this. Um my mom is like you should make a blog and I was like, "Oh, okay." Um uh, so um, that may or may not be happening. I don't know. Yeah. But um and just like, I don't know, I've been really inspired to learn to do new things. Um, I am a horrible, like, drawer. I, I can't draw. <laughs> I and, and that artistic form, I have zero ability. But I was like, I want to, to learn how to do some of this stuff. So I've been watching YouTube tutorials and like figuring it out and right now they all look pretty bad but (laughs) you know maybe by the end of the quarantine I'll be an artist so um but like yeah doing that and then staying active stretching um doing whatever workout you can within two feet of my bedroom Mm -hmm. um and just trying to stay active I also think it's really important that even though we're uh secluded to to the inside of our house or our apartment, it is important to get some type of fresh air. So I have a, I have a rooftop deck, so I'll go up there every once in a while and just like soak in some vitamin D and just like, because like being, being in this four by four foot box that I'm in can, it can be really hard on you and it can be really hard on your mental health. And I just think it's important to, to try and get outside if you can, it's six feet away from everyone else, please. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do the same. I, besides, I try and take my dog for like two to three walks a day because I'm like, I need to get outside. I need to smell the roses and, you know, be a human. Um, but in my free time, I've been taking a lot of online dance classes too, which is like a really cool feature yeah. that people have been making available. I know even you and Bethany actually just made it available to the students um, and you guys are doing like little workshop clips and uploading them to a Google drive. And besides that, um, some people, some other fellow students of ours posted some links to some dance companies that do like live streams of different dance classes. So just yesterday, I think I did an advanced beginner ballet class and, you know, I cleared out my living room. I used a little chair for my ballet bar and, you know, 
it was nice to just like be active again. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm working on like my book and stuff. Cause you know, I say I'm going to shine after all this. I'm going to make sure that I can do that as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're trying to get Bioark's uh, workout, chorus line workout. Yeah. Up on oh yeah. <laughs> that would be <laughs> nice. Whip us into shape. Yeah. <laughs> Well, do you guys want to say anything else to uh, your students or the rest of the art- artistic community about this time? And do you have anything? And let me ask you, I have one question to ask you. This is what I like to ask everyone. Um, what show or performer influenced you the most? I mean, what person that turned, I mean, it turned your world around that made you? And if you have a dream role somewhere out there for you, what would that be? Go, go for it, James. No, uh, you go first. <laughs> so, um, I, my, okay, I'll start by saying this. When I was in high school, uh, my junior year, I was cast as Claude in hair at a community theater. A little too young to be playing that role or doing that show, but hey, that's community theater. Um, and, you know, in doing my research to prepare for the role, I came across videos of Gavin Creel, of course, because he did Claude in the revival. And, I just, I had never felt so inspired when watching somebody before. I mean, the way he commits and his voice, his voice is like insane, like unreal. It is just amazing. I just wanted to be him. I wanted to be him when I grew up and I continued to stalk him, watch all his videos. And I just, I was obsessed. So he was my influencer and he actually that show, I was like, yeah, I think like, I would consider doing this in my life, uh, regardless of having all those complications senior year, but he really inspired me <laughs> to want to make this a career. And I still kind of hope to be some version of him one day, because I think he is an incredible performer. And my dream role is not a role he's ever played, but my dream role is Evan Hansen and Dear Evan Hansen. I know that's currently running on Broadway, but um, I like, cried like a baby when I saw that show. And as basic as it may be, I want to be that role one day. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, Kelsey, you're on. I'm up. Okay. Um, the performer that has influenced me and, and influenced the type of performer that I want to be is Sutton Foster. Um, I, you can ask any of my classmates. I'm absolutely obsessed with her. I think that she, like, not only as a performer, but as a human is so, so kind and such a, such a light when she walks into a room and, um, you know, like as we all did in high school, we stalked our, our favorite performers and like finding out that like she came from a small town, Southern town and, um, moved to New York and, and just hearing her story of how she came to get the part of Millie is it's like a movie in itself. It's, it's so amazing. And just watching the, the poise and the, the, incredible genius that she performs with it's so simple but like you're like she's not doing anything but she's doing everything it's like mm-hmm. it's inspiring to watch as um as a performer and so yeah i just i i i watched her uh rehearsal video of anything goes probably like twice a day <laughs> it's that that's the video i think that i first saw and i was like oh my gosh, I have to do this. Like I have, this is like, I need to, to be a part of this community. Um, yeah, it was really inspiring. Um, 
dream role is also not a role that Sutton has played, but uh, one of my dream roles is Catherine and Newsies. Um, oh, really? I, I, I am obsessed. I just feel like I identify with her so, so much. Um, and I love Cara Lindsay as well. Like if you had to ask me another person, I would, I would say Cara Lindsay. Um, <laughs> and I just, I, I, I love everything about the show and, and the role. And I, I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, I think we're going to leave that there for today. I want to thank you very much. I want to thank James Silverstein and Kelsey McFall for playing with us today. <laughs> we appreciate your time and dedication to theater and your friends. I just well, we appreciate you for doing things like this to, yeah. to get voices out into oh, the thank community. You so much. I, just, I just want to say break a leg. You guys are going to have a great, you guys are going to have a great career. Next week, playwright Lindsay Timmington and director Joe Ritchie will be speaking with me about their hilarious new play, The Squirrel Screams and Other Dating Sounds. Until then, we'll keep the seats warm for you. I want to thank producers Kathleen the Machine Marino, Eileen Swagger Sweeney, and the VP of Advancement Edward the Terrific Thompson. Technical support and editing by Calvin the Great Guevara Flores. Graphic designs by Francis Bouncing Bonnet and Sarah Prancing Palazzolo. One more. Five, four, three. I want to thank producers Kathleen the Machine Marino, Eileen Swagger Sweeney, and the VP of Advancement Edward the Terrific Thompson. Technical support and editing by Calvin the Great Guevara Flores. Graphic designs by Francis Bouncing Bonnet and Sarah Prancing Palazzolo. Those are keepers.